0: AM 1220, KDOW is proud to present the podcast of Real Life Lending on Money 2.0. Now here's financial services expert, Eric Ilovsky-McKay. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Real Life Lending. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage finance and just about everything real estate. Today, we've got a special guest friend of the show, Ms. Jessica Couch. Hi, Jessica. Good evening. Welcome happy Tuesday
1: happy Tuesday
0: you know what I I, we're here to talk about real estate this show those of you that are new listeners this show is all about you the consumer we have a lot of ways to get a hold of us 925-203-5808 again 925-203-5808 is our call-in number it's actually also a text line. If you text me a question, I'll, I'll be able to get to it on air if you can't call. And today we're going to have some fun. Uh, we're going to take uh, uh, some text questions that came in over last week during our reverse mortgage show. And uh, it's kind of a fun open line. So if you have any questions, give us a call or give me a text. And we're here to answer. Jessica's here to answer all your real estate questions. I've been in the corporate finance and lending industry for about 27 years. Currently the Northern California Area Manager for Essex Mortgage. And uh, I run the beautiful Loan Center in Northern California from the Bay Area. We are happy to be here. I've uh, been on air about three years, and I created this show about three years ago because of my just sheer frustration of what I was hearing in the, the media, uh, particularly the East Coast media. That's national news telling you how difficult it was to be in the real estate industry and how, how, how you needed, uh, an 800 FICO score and 20% down. And, and it's not that bad folks. This is a place to come get the facts about what's going on in our industry. Jessica, tell us a little bit about yourself. Remind everybody who you are.
1: Oh, I'm a full-time realtor. I do owner occupant purchases. Um, but my real love is helping people make money with their money and, and find Absolutely. investment properties.
0: And we get a lot of calls from Barry investors.
1: Do we? We definitely do. This has kept me busy every weekend, and I'd like it to keep coming. So yeah, that's,
0: that's great. You know, today, like I said, we're going to have some fun. A little bit about Essex Mortgage. Uh, we've been in business 29 years. We fund just under a billion dollars a year in residential real estate. Does not make us a big box bank, but we're thankful for that uh, every day. We make all lending decisions in house. We are the bank, and this is a place for you to get. Some questions answered uh, by some professionals in the business. We live and breathe this stuff seven days a week. What's going on in the market? You know, we've had some fabulous rates uh, this so far in 2016. We've seen some corrections the last uh, couple weeks. So those of you that listen know that I hate to talk about mortgage rates, uh, but they are at a all-time low. Now is the time. We're getting some mixed economic data, and I think that if you've been on the fence about refinancing, which it seems there are a lot. Uh, You know, you really need to think about some things. And one of the things that's come across my desk is that, you know, it's a great time to refinance, but there's still um, 7 million people estimated that haven't taken advantage of the refi market. And that's just surprising. I think a lot of
1: them have reached out this week, actually.
0: (laughs) Right. And, you know, in 2015, everybody was worried. Everybody was concerned about the Fed raising interest rates. your finances dropped by by, by a third in 2015 uh, in anticipation of the Fed move. And what happened when the Fed moved? Interest rates got better, folks. Remember, what the Fed does on long term interest or the short term interest rates does not affect the mortgage backed security market. Um, but the refinancial population grew by 30% the first six weeks of 2016. Wow. So there's 30% more of you that can refinance benefit now than there were at Christmas time last year. Um, and by the end of February, 6.7 million borrowers could have saved an average of $3,000 a year. That's not chump change. That's, no. that's that's a that's a car payment. That's that's able to put up put that money towards higher interest rate debt, and I think that uh, is really important because people have been hesitant. Ah, you know, you hear how bad lenders are if you listen to Hillary Clinton. Uh, how how evil we are because we change underwriting guidelines for for particular people, which is just totally false, irresponsible. And I'm not going to get started today. Um, but uh, you know, the, the transfers into a monthly payment about. Three million borrowers can save over $200 a month, and that's some substantial dollars. And especially in the Bay Area, we have a client. We saved $560 a month from the Bay Area last, wow. uh, last week, and that is about $7,000 a year. That is some good money, and I'm going to go really quick. Jessica, I know we've got a lot to talk to, about today. We're going to talk about the luxury home market and, and the differences between throughout California and what your money will buy. But I really wanted to remind our folks out there that it is a great time and why you should still – uh, look at the numbers and look at refinancing. And one of the biggest reasons right now is is saving yourself the mortgage insurance, getting rid of mortgage insurance.
1: Yes, true, true. You, you know, true. Jessica, we,
0: we have a lot of clients that take advantage of an FHA loan mm-hmm. uh, that come about. And, and you know, it's a great product to get into a home, but, you know, it, mortgage insurance is lifetime. The only way to get rid of it is to refinance or sell that property. And some folks are paying, you know, hundreds of dollars of a month in mortgage insurance each year. Let's say you have a $417,000 loan uh, funded last year. You're paying $469 a month, or almost $5,700 a year in mortgage insurance. That's almost a new car. Yeah, I mean, that's substantial. And 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 you know and remember, that's not going to pay your principal. It's not going to interest. It's not going to, to benefit you in any other way other than to ensure, FHA and HUD, that uh, if you stop making your payments, they're going to get paid in full. Uh, and you don't need, and one of the biggest myths right now is you don't need 20% equity to get rid of mortgage insurance.
1: I find that people are still, they don't believe that. I Absolutely. just had this conversation today with a new buyer.
0: There are some great products because obviously if, if you, if you bought with FHA, there's a reason why you did guarantee your, your credit increase as long as we didn't have any other hiccups and your property has increased in value. And if you've purchased over 12 months ago with an FHA product, you know, if you have 10% equity, that's all you need 10% equity. We can do an eighty ten program. We have programs that can save thousands of dollars in a year. And so getting rid of mortgage insurance is probably the biggest one on my list. Uh, one of the things that, uh, Jessica, that we run across all the time, people are getting wise. They're getting smarter. They want to cut down on the interest that they pay over the life of the loan. Right. And shortening your loan term is a great reason to refinance. Uh, those of you, got to remember, folks, if you're in a 30-year loan, only about 25% of your payment is going towards principal. Uh, let's just let's take an example. A $417,000 loan at four and a quarter, you your your payments about two grand a month. You're paying you're paying seven hundred thirty eight thousand dollars over the life of that loan. Wow! If you cut that down to a fifteen year loan, where about fifty percent of your monthly payment is going towards principal reduction, that four hundred seventeen thousand dollar loan. Yeah, your payment goes up to twenty nine hundred, but you're only paying five hundred thirty six thousand dollars. Much better. So you're saving over two hundred grand in, in in payments. And if you can really afford it, folks, get down to a ten year loan. And then you're really talking. Uh, you're probably below three percent. Your payment jumps. To four thousand bucks a year, four thousand dollars a month, but you're saving about two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars over the life of the loan.
1: That's a lot of money.
0: I mean, that's that's an extra house, right? You know, buy buy an investment property. Same amount of time, you'll have it paid off. You'll have a retirement income. It's incredible. Um, uh, we don't do a lot of HARP loans anymore. One of the reasons uh, HARP was the Home Affordable Refinance Program. If you were underwater, that program is still available. I haven't seen them that much anymore um another way to re, uh, refinance which not a lot of people think about uh, jessica that i just got a call today is is people that bought uh the last couple of years they want to do some rehab to their house uh,
1: yes we were just having that conversation earlier uh,
0: they they can't qualify for a home equity line of credit but a 203k rehab loan with fha is a great program and what that allow you to do is go to your house i mean it, people think of it as a purchase where they oh yeah i found a house it's not what i want the kitchen's ugly i want to Uh, I want to redo it. I want to put new windows in. I want to put a new HVAC in and make it your own. Great product for purchase, but it's also a great product for refinance. Uh, You can actually change the footprint of your house with a full 203K, add square footage, uh, do some really cool stuff. You can't add a pool, unfortunately. That's one of the things I get asked all the time. But uh, there's a way for you to, if you've been living in your house for a few years, you just haven't found the money to make the improvements that you want or repairs that you want, FHA 203K is an option for you. That is a go. great option. It is. Um, and there's a lot of different programs. Not a lot of lenders are doing them. They kind of went away during the downturn because they're based on future value. And basically what that wor- the way it works is we're getting a list of all the improvements you're making to your house. Uh, we're going to have the appraiser look at that list. We're going to have him appraise your property as if it were already done. Uh, and we're going to build those costs of the uh, improvements into the cost of the loan. Uh, really cool. It's a way for you to customize your house the way you want it. And uh, you know, Jessica, this is one of the things that uh, you actually have referred me some clients. Uh, another reason to refinance, which a lot of people don't think about, because as we're growing older, and this product's gone through so many, so um, many changes over the years, is a reverse mortgage. I really like that product a lot. It, it. I learned a lot about it the last four or five years. It was, it, was, it, it had some bad stigma attached to it. And it's a great way for it's being used as more of a retirement tool now. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's working. One of the things, some of the falsities is that it, it you don't give away your title to your house. You still retain it. It works exactly like a forward mortgage. But let's say your mom or dad um, are on a fixed income. You know, if you're 67, 70 years old, you and you still have a mortgage payment with 20 years to go or 15 years to go, make it easy on yourself. Right. You know, uh, you're all the only difference is, Lean on title, same as a forward mortgage. The only difference is you're not making a monthly principal and interest payment. You still got to make your taxes and insurance payment, but your loan balance increases. But you got to remember also your property value is going to be increased. Right. And one of the misconceptions is people think that they don't have to make a mortgage payment. You can. I have a great example. I have a client that uh, unfortunately her husband passed away. The pension was cut uh, and she lost uh, about half of her income. Uh, She couldn't afford to make the the mortgage payment each month. It was a strain. It was really struggling for her. But she wanted to leave the house for for her kids. She wanted to leave her heir something. And this is a great reason why we bring them into the decision. But we said, okay, great. Let's do a reverse mortgage. You don't have to make a payment if you don't want to. But if you want to make just an interest-only payment, thereby your principal always stays the same. So we took her $2,000 mortgage to a $700 mortgage. Wow. Or she she decided, well she and she doesn't have to make a payment at Christmas time if she doesn't want to. So it's a great way to retain the equity in your home. And again, reverse mortgages had a really bad rap. They they can be sold correctly, and they cannot be sold correctly, as mm-hmm. in any business. But if you have a reputable and one of the things we like last week, if you guys listen, we had Julie Colangelo, or the head of our reverse mortgage division in house, and she was on the air. We did a full hour on reverse mortgage. Um, great product uh, if it's sold correctly. So again, those are the reasons why refinancing. I think it's a great time, though. I know that uh, uh, I've got calls from some of your clients, uh, Jessica, and as long as we can get value, it's a it is, there's not a reason not to. God, guys, I remember my first house. I paid seven and a half percent. Yeah, so I was I at seven point nine, and I, I think I paid a point or two to get there. huh. And people forget, you know, you got the young kids; they think if they're not in the three percent, they're getting ripped off. Right. Um, I I remember folks that uh, when mortgage rates were in the elevens, the twelves even 14% back in the early eighties, how much less of a house could you buy? With you, a fourteen percent interest, right, rate. right, Think about
1: well, it. I, right, with the interest rates being what they are right now, even though prices have continued to rise, it's really difficult to um, make a have that comparison with paying to continue paying rent rather than owning a home. Absolutely, the difference is not that great.
0: Absolutely, and that that all gets back to why people need to get back into the market, right? right? It, it is a we have a great opportunity, folks. We have we have an election coming up. Nothing's going to go crazy before the election. We've got some time yet. Inflation's still at an all-time low. Uh, rates are still an all-time low, and would you say real estate's more is more of a true value these days? We're not in any type of bubble.
1: I agree. I, I am seeing consistency in things going up, especially if you take any given neighborhood where you know someone says, oh, well, those were just going for this amount sure. and all of those sold and now now the price has been inflated.
0: And I really think, yeah, we here live in an inventory. Barry is the hottest market in the country. San Francisco is the hottest market in the country. And I've got some, some data on that, on, on maybe what area you live in, what the median home price is in February last month and how long it's been taking to sell. But I think if it's priced right, it's going to sell. Immediately. And we need to get people to move up because that's going to create the inventory for the first time home buyer. Right. All right, folks. You're listening to Real Life Lending here on KDOW. My name is Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch. When we come back, we're going to talk reverse mortgage and, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about luxury homes and your local market. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. You're listening to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220. KDOW. My name is Eric McKay. Today, we're having some fun. I'm here with Jessica uh, hi, Jessica. Good evening. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some fun. We're going to open up the text line, 925-203-5808. You can call that, reach us here at the station, come on air and ask us a question, or you can text to that number. I've got your screen up. It'll show me when you text. We actually have one from last segment. And uh, this one is kind of, um, it's good it's what because we're talking about the luxury market. What's the minimum down payment on a jumbo loan? You know, I get called quite a bit, even from experienced agents, because that's kind of been a moving target. But uh, typically, God, back in the day, um, in fact, in the last five or six years, the, the minimum down payment on a jumbo loan, and, and in, throughout the Bay Area, anything over $625,500 is considered a jumbo loan or a non-conforming loan. A minimum down payment has been 20% for any institutional, but we do have some investors that will go... Um, 10% down. 10% wow. down is the minimum that I've seen. And these products are really neat because they're not conventional, not conforming. There's no mortgage insurance company that will that will insure it like you would on a conventional loan if you don't put 20% down, you got mortgage insurance, right? Uh, jumbo loans, 90% no MI. Uh, we have a, a product uh, throughout the Bay Area that we use quite often. It's up to $750,000, no MI. I do have an investor that will go up to 90%, up to $2 million with no mortgage insurance. Wow. Uh, but what I find, the higher loan-to-value uh, you go, you're going to pay for it in rate or adjustments. And uh, But it's, it's still... Um, Maybe it'll change. I haven't seen anything left. That's a good question, you know, and and one of the things I want to remind folks is where I know we're going to talk about some properties that you have, Jessica, but mortgage, uh, the jumbo loan products are portfolio products, meaning that the banks keep that paper. They, they don't sell them. They're not mortgage backed securities. They're not selling them on the market like a Fannie or Freddie loan. So they're not caught up into that volatility that that's seen in the conventional market. So sometimes you'll see uh, jumbo loans, you know, pricing better than conventional loan. Interesting. Sometimes you won't. Uh, I know for a fact if you're putting 20% down on a conventional loan, you're going to get something in the mid-threes today, which is phenomenal on wow. a jumbo loan. Uh, you know, we, we do quite a bit of them throughout the Bay Area, but underwriting guidelines are a little bit different. They are a little more stringent. Uh, FICO score is needed uh, and as well as reserves. Um, Jessica, what are you seeing in the market these days? Let's just talk general real estate. What are you seeing out there?
1: Now, in, in general real estate, anything priced right is getting multiple bids mm-hmm. immediately.
0: Um, Even on the upper step, we still seeing a lack of inventory, even in the Bay Area? We
1: we are. There's a real lack of inventory. I pulled just San Francisco County to see what popped up. Um, And it was interesting because I get two condos, uh, one at 1.3 million, the other at almost 1.6, and they are 1,238 and 1,335 square feet. Whereas if you go into Sacramento County, we have. Um, 68 current active properties and our um, square footage on average is 4,000 square feet with the median at, at mm-hmm. 1.2. So, a lot more house do you get in Sacramento County versus the condominium in San Francisco. Right. I, I couldn't find anything for a home, single family residence within those parameters.
0: Uh, we got a text question just came in. It was What would be the least cost for an appraisal? Good question. That and And um, one of the things that uh, I... I I talked about, uh, in fact, when we have the we had the AMC owner, the appraisal manager. That's company. right. That
1: was very informative. And,
0: and one of the things that the consumers have to remember is that uh, one of the reasons that uh, lenders were scrutinized because there was a, a hint of some coercion between lending and appraisals. So what happened, part of Dodd-Frank created the HVCC, the Home Valuation Code of Conduct. And what that did was create a whole other bureaucracy and a middleman between the lenders and the appraiser. So I can't order, call an appraiser that I've known for 20 years and order an appraisal. I have to order it through an appraisal management company, which is set by strict guidelines. I don't know who that appraisal is going to be sent to. They have a group of appraisers that work for them. And what has happened is is that and because we have somebody else in the middle, appraisals have gotten more expensive. Appraisers have taken on civil liability. Meaning that if their loan goes bad, and they think they have any type of inflation, or they did something inappropriate, they're now liable. They can be sued. So um, appraisals have gotten more expensive. Appraisal costs anywhere from three seventy-five to five hundred. Now, if you're talking about a luxury home on acreage, or if you're looking at about a six, seven thousand, four thousand square feet, it's going to be adjusted by the cost of the, of, the, of the size of the home. So I've seen appraisals go anywhere from three seventy-five to eight fifty if it's a really large house, it's complicated, got a lot of angles and the pr- appraiser has to spend some time mapping and drawing the property. So, uh, and that's something that the lender does not control. I want to, want to make that perfectly clear. We call the appraisal management company, which we work with several that we can, we can shop around for the best uh, product for our, our consumer. But, um, that, uh, the, the appraisal cost, I agree. I think they're too high. And sometimes you're not getting the best appraisers that appraisals that you should. But, um, I hope that answers your question. Good text question.
1: No, and I think if they are following the the pattern that we talked about a couple weeks ago as well, where we get into contract and then immediately I, I get a pest inspection before my buyers have spent any money, we know that everything is golden there. If there is a problem, we go back to seller, then we do home inspection, then we order the appraisal. So I don't want anybody to spend that money until we're really rock solid on um, what that purchase looks like and, and what, if any, repairs need to happen.
0: Well, I know one of the things that you do for your clients if you're listing the property is sometimes... Times you'll order, and especially if it's a unique property, mm-hmm. you'll go ahead and pay out of pocket for an appraisal before you even put the property on the market. So, number one, you're going to identify any things the appraiser might call out for health and safety. Right. But you're also going to identify what, what that property is going to praise for. Now, folks, remember, that's what the house is praising for. Appraisal is based on sales comps. Now, your house may be, as everybody thinks, worth more. It, right. And some,
1: sometimes that's the case and right. a very unique property. It's something that I need to have. Um, and being in the situation where I'm the listing agent, I get the call from the appraiser. I'm able to meet the appraiser and hand him our color copy of the appraisal from our appraiser sure. when we listed the property. Which
0: saves time on him mapping out and sketching Correct. And very, very else. helpful. Um, but remember, folks uh, – you- an appraisal, and I want to remind everybody, an appraisal is based on the value that particular day the appraiser goes out there. Right. All the pending ones the house across the street is going to sell for $300,000 more is still pending. We don't know if that appraisal is going to come in short either. So keep that in mind that I know that that's sometimes, and I know you were caught with something like that, where an appraisal actually came in less than your appraiser comped
1: for. Right. Yep. Just, just recently, we were the first one in a condominium complex to go on the market in over a year since HOA settled litigation, and um, we didn't get anything. Well, it was, it was a far cry from what we wanted, and it affected everybody else in the complex, and, and everyone followed our lead with pricing.
0: Well, you know what? That just goes to show you that uh, even living in this business, we're still surprised sometimes. Right. Uh, All right, folks. We're coming up on another break. I want to thank everybody for listening to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220. My name is Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch. We'll be right back after this. All right, folks. Welcome back to Real Life Lending. My name is Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch. Today, we're talking the luxury home market kind of answering some catch questions. Again, we're having some fun. If you have a question, give me a text, 925-203-5808. Again, 925-203-5808. You can call in that number here to the studio and talk with us, or you can text us a question. Um, Jessica, I know that uh, you've got some papers uh, listed. I know there's a big difference. I know um, you you work both Bay Area as well as the Sacramento uh, regional area. Um, The difference between luxury home? (laughs) Prices Uh, a whole lot. I mean, yeah, if if we're uh, talking, yes, is phenomenal. You know, I grew up in the East Bay, and and I know what million, two million dollars will buy you there. Uh, It's just a huge difference. And we've seen a lot of people migrate up here. I'm seeing a lot of parents of my high school buddies move up to this direction uh, to the Northern California area, just because they can buy so much more, and they can take advantage of Prop 90. Right. I love that Prop 90. Just to remind you, folks out there, Prop 90 will allow you to take your 2000. I'm sorry, your Prop 13 tax base. Let's say you paid 100 grand for your house that uh, is sitting in Fremont in 1978. It's worth about a million five now. Uh, your property tax is still based on that adjustment. based on Prop 13. If you want to move to a participating county, and El Dorado County is one of ours, you can actually take your tax base from your current home, buy a million-dollar house up in El Dorado County, and still pay your tax base based on the $78,000 you paid for that house in 1978. Great, great product, but it's going to come to an end this October, I believe.
1: Yeah, there is discussion on whether or not they're going to keep it around, but yeah, I don't think it gets any better than that. If you're at that retirement age and you have a low tax basis,
0: you have some examples of properties.
1: I didn't pull anything for El Dorado okay. this evening, although we do have a new listing at okay. 499 on Boot Hill Road. Um, it is on just short of eight acres, and it was a um, I, want, I think six or seven hundred square foot, you know, little tiny shack. And now it is sixteen hundred square feet. Beautiful custom cabinetry, granite countertops, um, laminate wood flooring. I mean, beautiful deck. It's, sure. it's really beautiful. A big detached garage, a really nice property. That would be a good example of something, you know, completely rebuilt that right. you have acreage.
0: Yeah, I know, and, and they're building some in El Dorado County. I'm just seeing some tremendously huge. I know the CEO of Netflix built some monster house up in. I heard about up that, in, uh, and and, and it, it, they're continuing to buy. So, I mean, I know there's some great opportunities up there. Land is still affordable. Plus, it's a really cool place to live. We live next to the lake. We're an hour from Tahoe or an hour from San Francisco. It's a really neat neat area. Right, but I know that uh, all our listeners are kind of waiting because we know that you're the uh, the realtor for the multi-units and investment property. All our Bay Area investors are are sitting here listening. All right. What's Jessica have for us today?
1: Well, glad you asked. Um, one of the properties that I'm really fond of is 300,000. Um, it is a decent neighborhood. It's on 71st street, but it's nine, five, eight, two, zero, which is a, um, I really like nine, five, eight, two, zero and nine, five, eight, one, seven. You can still get a really good deal. And they're part of the area that is definitely being revitalized because of the Kings arena coming in downtown and pushing everything out a little bit further. Um, this property, three hundred thousand, brings in eleven hundred per side, and is already rented with a lease in place. And it's a duplex. It's a duplex.
0: So you're at twenty two hundred a month, three hundred thousand, twenty percent down. You're probably gonna gonna return on investment, probably you around six eight percent somewhere around there. Yes. Uh, if not, and I know that that's a, that's it's tough to get that in the Bay Area at that purchase price.
1: Right. So that one I'm fond of, uh, we have one at $199. It is a 95817 zip code, another duplex. Uh, 199 just came on the market today, and the front unit is rented for 700 Is It's a two-bedroom, one-bath, and the back unit is a three-bedroom, one-bath rented for 1000
0: And i got to tell you, folks, you know there's some great financing. First of all, Jessica, how does somebody get a hold of you They want to see these properties?
1: Uh, text or call 916-532-8916. 532-8916, 916
0: area code. But when, when we actually run the numbers for our barrier investors, they're surprised because we're still getting some, some really low rates in the fours on investment property. Minimum down is 20% these days. You're, you're going to cash flow even better with 25%. But uh, you know the purchase prices that we're at up here and the amount of rent. Sacramento, number one in the nation for single-family rent increases in 2015, 16%.
1: That's incredible. Well, and it's not surprising when you consider how many people realize that their property is worth so much more, booted their renters, and decided to sell.
0: So again, folks, uh, stay tuned. Give us a call, 925-203-5808. We're here to answer your questions. Give us a call or text, 925-203-5808. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to Real Life Lending. My name is Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch. And uh, today we're talking the luxury market. You know, it's kind of unique. Uh, everything, you know, according, according to the rest of the country, everything in the Bay Area is a luxury market, right? Uh, well, pricing does it prove that. Yes, and you know, it, pricing is still is still really strong. I mean, most houses uh, in in the Bay Area are still selling close to asking, and they're selling in a short period of time. We have some niche markets that are taking a little bit longer, but um, you know, for instance, uh, in Contra Costa County, median sale price is a million five. Or, I'm sorry, one point oh five million. Um, that's been February's numbers and it took an average of 35 days on the market sold for 99.5% of asking price wow um we've got the east bay which is everything uh, east of the of the considered contra costa county mean home price was 875 taking a um 112% of asking price so people are getting money uh-huh. for their house marin county selling average in 80 days they actually rebounded back above a million dollars. The average median sales price, 1.15. We've got Napa County, average days on market, 113 days, 650 median sales price. That really surprises me.
1: I know. I just love that county.
0: I know. And we have have a great agent, Mr. Kizeki, Um uh, Stefan Yazeki, I know he's really tied into the Napa community. If you're listening, Stefan, give me a call. We'd love to have you uh, on the show. He's tied into, he's like the, the junior associate mayor. He's tied. Everybody knows who oh. he is. And, uh, but he, he, you know, maybe that market is kind of recovering from the, all the earthquake damage. You know, oh, I wonder. Uh, San Francisco single family homes, uh, median sales price hit a one year peak last month of 1.42 million, selling an average of 31 days. So you know what, folks, you got to realize that wherever you are in California, we are trendsetters. Uh, we kind of set the mark, set the pace for the rest of the country. We're the first ones in the bubble, first ones out. Um, but, you know, 2016, I think, is going to be a really strong year, Jessica.
1: Right. No, it's, it, it has been so far. I'm having a lot of fun.
0: Do you have any other properties for us?
1: I have one more. Okay. We have one um, on our Orinda Way. It is a one bedroom, one bath. Same zip code, 95820. I showed this one last week. I was impressed with it. It's a one bedroom, one bath. I use Rent O meter to right. gauge rents, and it, it does give me a pretty true number. Okay. Um, I came up with six to 700. This unit had fire damage. Okay. So, one of the units has been upgraded with granite and a more beautiful beautiful new cabinetry. The other one is still 50 style. So you could get 600 for the um, older side, 700 for the newer side, and your purchase price is 165.
0: 165. Amazing, isn't
1: that? 165. You could bring in 1300 in
0: rent. You know what, folks? And, and, you know, whether you want to buy an investment property in the Bay Area or even commercial property, Jessica and I have been doing this for a long time. If you have any questions, give us a call. 925-203-5808 as well as that's my text line. We've got a text uh, question in Jessica. Uh, if a house has a second structure, is it considered a duplex?
1: What does the county say? That's well, actually, you know I have that this going right on right, right now. We have a um, something in contract. Um, county says it's a single-family residence, but I do have two meters. So at some point, county granted enough of a um, a second structure to put in a second meter, but it's listed as single-family. So I'm, I'm curious as to what the appraiser is going to say.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, that's a, that's exactly right. He doesn't say if it's permitted. Right. He doesn't say, this is a question, uh, if it's on title. You know, that's the first thing we look at as a lender. We're going to look at title. What does it say? Right. Now, now, you can have a section structure like a granny unit uh-huh. or a guest house, which is still considered a single-family home, but if it's, if it's uh, zoned as a duplex on title, then it is considered a duplex. Uh, so you can have a second meter as long as it's permitted. I had a question come up uh, today that, uh, that actually came from um, up in the hills, and it, it stick-built primary residence had a granny unit permitted on a permanent foundation, but it was a mobile manufactured uh, oh. and very difficult to lend on and uh, this actually lender actually called me to see if I knew of a place to do it I I gave them the name of a a bank that we used that that would do that loan but Typically, if something, especially if it's unpermitted or any type of unpermitted structure or even a modular on a stick built property, sometimes the bank's going to make you move it off, close the loan, then bring it back.
1: That was what I found. We had a client um, last year, I don't know if you remember that, and they were looking for something that, that had that that model, and that's what we found. It was a hardship for the previous owner when it would have to be moved off the property in order
0: to close. You know, and, and that's and those are not our guidelines. You know, these are these are the insured. Every loan out there is insured by Fannie Freddie or something or or even a, a Wall Street fund, like a non conforming. But you're gonna pay for it. You're gonna those type of products usually have a premium, not gonna be super low interest rate on those, those out of the box programs. Um but they're doable. We'll find a solution for it. It might not be the happy solution, but we'll find a solution. Right. Good question. Um you know, one of the things I, I here's another text question that came in. Uh, will a lender allow a seller to carry back a second mortgages from Mark and Fremont? Um, depends. You're not going to do a hundred percent financing. We're going to count any lender is going to count that second as part of your debt to income ratio and loan to value. So if you're thinking that, oh, the seller is going to get back, carry back 20%, I'm going to get an 80% loan to you. I'm not going to pay mortgage insurance. No, that's not going to work. So we're going to look at that. There's a couple of rules for for any institutional lender to allow a owner carryback second. One, it has to be at market rate. Can't be uh, uh, somebody you know, your neighbor that is going to charge you one percent or half a percent. It has to be at a market rate can't have any type of balloon payment on it, and it has to be for more than five years. So those are the three parameters that uh, we will allow, a owner, carry back, seller second. Now, if it's a family member or if it's a mom and dad that's selling you their house, they can do, there's ways to structure that, like a gift equity, Uh gift of equity, and I'm doing one actually now. Um, Mom, actually son, uh, didn't have the income to qualify for the house, at least not on paper. Mom came in and bought the house 10 years. Mom and dad came in and bought the house in their name. Son's been making the payment at living there by himself for ten years. Um, house is probably worth four hundred thousand dollars. Mom and dad just want the payoff on their loan, so we structured a, a purchase price. You, you know, you can sell the property for anything you want. So we think we sold it for two. We're selling it for two fifty. We gave a twenty percent equity gift for down payment. We gave an additional six percent uh, seller credit for closing cost. Son's closing on the house, not going a dime out of his pocket, and that is allowed. Mm-hmm.
1: I, there's there's somebody else that we're working with that is going to need to go through the scenario. Okay. Their pops wants to sell the house. He can't afford market value. Uh yeah, my wheels are turning now. We'll if have mom, to talk yeah, about if, that. One. I can
0: see. If mom and dad want to sell you the house for half what its worth, no problem. It's not a problem for a lender as long as we can as, you know we, we'll do a gift equity position it has to be structured correctly. We're doing a simple purchase contract at escrow. We're not Uh, We didn't involve an agent in this one because it's mom and dad, but it can be done and it's basically a for sale by owner. And as long as everything's documented, the gift letters uh, completed correctly, um, simple transaction. I will tell you this, that a lender is going to look to make sure it's not a buy and bail. Uh We're not making sure mom's filing bankruptcy and she just wants this off the record. Uh, So it cannot be a bailout situation, but we do it all the time. Gift of equity is a great tool that I think is going to become more and more useful as our population gets older and, Mom and dad want the kid to live there since he's living in the garage in the basement anyway. So they might as well give us sell him the house, right? I (laughs) love that idea. All right, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue speaking with Jessica Couch here on Real Life Lending on AM 1220. My name is Eric McKay. If you have any questions, text them in, 925-203-5808. We'll be right back after this. All right, everybody, wake up. You're listening to Real Life Lending here on AM 1220, KDOW. My name is Eric McKay. I'm here with Jessica Couch. Our text line is 925-203-5808, 925-203-5808. I also have a website, reallifelending.com, reallifelending.com. Feel free to get on the site, uh, look at all of our rent versus own calculators, all of the great useful tools, the videos to tell you how we're going to look at your income, how we're going to look at your assets, what it takes to get uh, qualified. And, uh, shoot me an email, uh, work with me directly. The best part of my job is sitting across the kitchen table from uh, the listeners to the show and shaking your hand and, and, uh, getting you back into this market or helping you buy your 50th uh, investment property. Jessica? (laughs) Uh, Jessica, we got another text question. This one's more directed at you. Uh, is it better to use the listing agent?
1: I think that depends. Um, I think I have. And I guess what
0: they mean is that if you're walking around, if you see property for sale, is it, you're, are you going to get an inside track if you use the one selling, the agent selling the home?
1: I think that really depends. If the agent has it set up as a variable rate, which I often do, where I offer to discount the, the, um, total commission for the seller, if I am able to procure the buyer, there could be something in that for the buyer. It may just be something for the listing agent. So that that may be a a question that comes up. Um, The listing agent certainly is going to control what other offers are out there and, um, has a real responsibility as dual agent, making sure that she doesn't, or she, I'm assuming it's a woman here, um, wow, that they're
0: going to get some calls that
1: they don't disclose what the other offers are.
0: No, but here's the thing as, as I always use this analogy and it kind of opens up, and it opened up my eyes when I first heard it. Um, if you were getting divorced, you and your wife, would you want to use the same divorce attorney? Who's who's, who where's their loyalty lie?
1: Yeah, I made that mistake, you
0: know (laughs) And that's you know, I mean obviously they have a fiduciary to all parties, but you know, their job is to get the most money for their clients, right? Because that's what their listing agreement—that's what they want. To I, do.
1: I could tell you, I, I did this recently. Uh, they're not listening to the show, so I can give you the short scenario. I, I was working for the seller, and they said, "Cut, it's a really great deal." There's a gal that wants the house, and I took over and helped the buyer with a reduced commission to help the seller. And the seller did not perform. Right. So seller now is not a big fan of me because seller had to be put on notice that they're going to be involved in a lawsuit if they don't do what's right per contract.
0: And that's a that's a good question. And you know what? And and a home purchase is probably one of the biggest investments most people are gonna make in their life. Right. Why not have somebody on your team? You yeah, know, a, your absolutely. Team. Uh and, and that's that's was my take on it. But you know what, there's, like I said, there's good, bad in every any industry,
1: right? I, I'm doing one, I'm um, handling both sides right now, where it's a, a friend, and the friend helped her do a lot of work to the house, and she promised if she sold it, it would be his. So I made, this is a nice deal between friends, never went open market. Right. That's a great reason to use the same Absolutely, agent. yeah.
0: Something like that, where all parties know right, each other, right. you know, everything else. Um, here's a text question that I think is, is, uh, and this one's from, uh, Name Unpronounceable in Fremont, um. I'm priced out of my local market. I, I don't want to commute. Uh, any programs out there to help me qualify? Hmm. And this this is a perfect example of buying a multi-unit as a primary residence.
1: Oh, you're exactly you right. You
0: can find that larger property, that more expensive property. Use the rents on the other units to help you qualify for that property and still live in your area. And we do this quite a bit and it's a great way. I I actually, uh, the biggest, biggest example I have is, uh, I know we don't have a lot of time is I got a call from a, a nice uh, older lady uh, in San Jose that couldn't thought she missed the boat during the downturn. She got priced out. We put her into a three unit. Uh, She was on a fixed income, social security and retirement, her qualifying income needed was only about 600 bucks a month. We, rent, we were able to use the future rents of the other units, and she became a homeowner, a landlord, and an investor in one transaction.
1: And she did not have previous landlord experience, correct? Not at correct? all. Not at all. So that is
0: an option. Jessica, I want to give your number out a, one, a couple more times. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you if they want to talk about any of the properties or just get your input on buying or selling.
1: I love it. Call or text 916-532-8916.
0: That's 916-532-8916. Thanks for being here, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you bet. It's always fun. And folks out there, if you want to work with me and you want to get some straight talk on loan programs, down payment assistance programs, call me a call. Work with me directly, 925-203-5808. Again, 925-203-5808. Thanks for listening. Thanks for keeping me on the air for three years. We will be back next week. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. All right, folks. Have a good week. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.